Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of A Gambler's Fantasy. Today, you are just getting one host, myself, Jeremy. Um, I would like to take a moment to apologize for the lack of podcasts the last couple weeks. I mean, we have been active on Twitter, so if you follow us there, you have been getting some picks. But there's just been, you know, a lot going on, and we haven't been able to get the podcast out. Uh, me and Dylan, our schedules haven't been aligning. You know, we both started new jobs other than this, obviously, because this doesn't pay us any money. Um, so we had some other things that needed taken care of, but, you know, we're getting back on track. Better late than never. But before we get into this week's lines, which we will be talking about for the majority of the show, I would like to start with a recap of the past couple weeks. Um, just catch everyone up in case there's some things they missed or if they haven't been paying attention or, you know, just just to give us some more discussion time. So the first thing we're going to talk about is a team that was a favorite coming into the season, had fell off um, at the beginning of the season, but now they're most certainly back. And that is the Kansas City Chiefs. The first seven weeks of the season, the Chiefs were three and four. They are now back up on a six-game winning streak um, to put them at nine and four atop the AFC West. They do play the number two seed in the AFC West, the Chargers tonight, but we will get to that later. Um, In this six-game win streak, though, the biggest difference to me has been the Chiefs' defense, man. The Chiefs' defense has come to play. Against the start of their win streak, Giants, they gave up 17. They only gave up seven to the Packers. That was Aaron Rodgers' Packers, though, so that's kind of a one-off. We'll ignore that one. They then took on the Raiders in Las Vegas, only gave up 14. They only gave up nine to the high-powered Cowboys, nine to the low-powered Broncos. Um, and then nine again to the Raiders last week. So that's three straight weeks of giving up less than 10 points. They gave up nine all three weeks. And their defense has really come to life. I mean, obviously, we know their offensive weapons they have with the Kansas, uh, with you know Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, both of whom have taken more of a backseat this year than years prior, you know, with the emergence of other players like Byron Pringle, um, Clyde getting involved, and, you know, just all their weapons kind of working together this year rather than it just being the Tyreek and Travis show. But the Chiefs are back, man. They're riding a six-game win streak. They've been putting up a lot of points. Their defense has finally seemed to figure it out. And tonight will be their real test. You know, they take on the Chargers, high-powered offense, J-Herb, uh, Keenan Allen, Eckler, who is banged up but will be playing, Mike Williams, who has a history of dominating the Chiefs. So this should be a good one tonight, but we'll get to that in a little later. A team that has been trending the opposite direction of the Chiefs that were also a favorite coming into the season are the Buffalo Bills, man. Buffalo Bills, one of my personal Super Bowl favorites heading into the season, um, at least, you know, to make a deep playoff run. But ever since the beginning of November, man, they've been kind of shaky. They lost to the Jaguars 9-6, to then busted off a huge win against the Jets. But then they got steamrolled by the Colts. Um, they lost to the Saints, or uh, they beat the Saints and then lost to the Patriots two weeks ago um, in kind of, you know, a fluke game, in my opinion. Um, not that the Patriots didn't play well. You know, they played well enough to win. They deserved to win. But it wasn't a real football game in terms of today's NFL. There was no passing because of the wind. Mac Jones threw three passes the whole game. No one could throw the ball. Nobody could kick the ball. Um, it was just kind of who has a better run defense and who has a better run offense kind of game, which was annoying as just a spectator. And then last week, they lost to the Buccaneers in overtime. They looked really, really, really good that whole game. 
Um, and there was a no call in the fourth quarter to win the game for the Bills on Stefan Diggs in the end zone. P.I. would have put him on the one. But, you know, the Tom Brady effect. They didn't get the flag. Tom Brady throws that. They get the flag 100 times out of 100. There might have been four flags on the field if Tom Brady threw it. But because he's Josh Allen and he's not the golden boy of the NFL yet, um, he did not get that call. And sadly, they fell in overtime 33-27. But speaking of a team in the Bills division that they played recently, and like I said, the game's a fluke in my opinion, but, you know, they've been on a tear. The Patriots, man, I mean, are they for real? I don't know. Do they have the best coach in the world? Clearly. Um, They look unbelievable. They are playing sound football, good defense, steady offense, winning the turnover battle. Basically everything you need to do to win in the NFL. Um, Do I think they're as good as their record says at, um, what are they, 9-4? and No. But do I think they're good? Yes. There's all this Patriots Super Bowl talk. Um, I don't think that's going to happen. Is Mac Jones the rookie of the year? Clearly. Um, but I just don't think they have the weapons to make a run in the playoffs. Will they win the division? Maybe. We'll find out in a couple weeks uh, next week when they play the Bills again because that will kind of be the deciding factor of who's going to you know win that division. If the Patriots win again, they have it locked up. But – I just I'm not a huge fan of their team. They have the talent. They have some talent, but they're a little young. They're not, you know, they're not as high powered as you know teams like the Bucks, Chiefs, uh, even the Chargers, who they did beat. Um, but I think I think it's still too early for them, and I don't think that this year is their year, like a lot of sports media likes to make it out to be. Um, gonna touch on the AFC North division, um, a division that has been falling apart. From the seams, um, yet battling the whole way through. Um, so that division, we have the Ravens atop the division currently at 8-5. and five. Um, They are without Lamar Jackson again this week, I believe. Um, we have the Browns right underneath them, who just snuck out a win by the skin of their teeth last week against the Ravens. Uh, they are 7-6. and six. They are tied with the Bengals for second place. And then the Steelers are 6-6. Six and six. The Steelers have, or 6-6-1, six, six and one, I should say. Um, the Steelers have looked abysmal. They don't play football the first three quarters. They give up all the points in the world. They don't score any, and then they decide in the fourth quarter that they want to try and come back and win. Um, So, I mean, that's good if you like betting live, you know, take halftime spread of the Steelers. But they haven't been able to put together. They need to get Big Ben out of there. They need to sign a quarterback, either Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson, in the offseason, and their team will be locked and loaded next year. Uh, My favorite team in this division is actually the Bengals. Um, I think they currently have the most talent. They have the most healthy talent, that's for sure. And they've been playing solid football. They still have some games where they come out and it's, you know, they don't they don't put it all together. But that's because they're young. Um, I do think they have the talent that they could sneak out um, the top of this division come playoff time. Do I think they're going to do anything in the playoffs? Not necessarily. But do I think they can sneak out the top of the playoffs, uh, top of the division, get in the playoffs? Yes. Browns, worst team in the division currently, in my opinion. Um, you know, Baker sucks. Their whole team's injured. Now they have the COVID outbreak this week. Um, but so does all of the NFL. But yeah, they're bad. And then the Ravens, they're without Lamar. They've always been a suspect team, in my opinion. But they're top of the division. I mean, I can't say too much bad about them. They're winning the division. They're in first place. Um, but they do have to survive without Lamar again this week. So their their time at the top of the leaderboard could be coming to a close here. Um, but speaking of the COVID outbreak, 
lot, a lot of COVID going on in the NFL this week. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if games get flexed or moved, although Ian Rappaport today um, on the Pat McAfee show did come out and say that there are no plans to move any games. So we'll see how the NFL deals with that. But that's definitely something to monitor moving forward if you are a fantasy playoff player or, you know, just as a better or sports fan in general. And then our final piece of news before we move on into this week and then discussing last week while we go through this week's lines, um, Urban Meyer, man. Let's 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 talk about Urban Meyer here. So I never, you know, I never thought the college coach to NFL transition went well um, for ninety percent of coaches. The only successful one, in my opinion, John Harbaugh, who is now back at the college level, but he was forty-one and sixteen with his time with the Niners. So I mean, and he went to the Super Bowl. So he did a hell of a job. And then Cliff Kingsbury is the newest um, person out of college to have any level of success in the NFL. He was, you know, he didn't have a great first two years, I think it was, prior to this year. Um, But obviously his team is rolling now. They're steaming along, although they did just lose to the Rams. Um, But they look good. A lot of talent there. But yeah, Urban Meyer, man, didn't, I never thought he was going to have a successful transition, especially taking over the Jags, a team with not, you know, the most talent in the world. But just hearing all the stuff, he all the scandals that come along with him, I'm happy the Jags got rid of him. I mean, first there was that incident in the bar in Ohio, you know, whatever, who cares? Um, I mean, I'm sure his family cared, but as a sports fan, I didn't really care. And then he goes last week and holds that meeting with all of his assistant coaches and tells them how they're all losers and they're bad and he's the only winner and they're the problem, which is funny because he's the one that brought in all these coaches. So he was just scapegoating them. He brought in all these coaches, and then for him to tell them that they're the problem and that they suck, that says more about him than them. If you're the head coach and you're bringing in shitty assistant coaches, that's on you, especially when uh, Khan gave him all the power to bring in whoever he wanted. And then, obviously, the icing on the cake this week, Josh Lambeau came out with that statement about how when he was at practice, he would only refer to him as kicker, and he would only refer to their punter as punter. He did not refer to them by their names. And not only did he do that, he also allegedly kicked Josh Lambeau in the hamstring during stretching and said, hey, dipshit, start making your kicks. Um, I'm sure Urban Meyer will have a statement and say, oh, this was me trying to connect with the players, you know, having a little fun with them, blah, blah, blah. But based on all the other stuff that has come out about him, I have more of be- more of a reason to believe that it was in a negative manner, you know, more of a heinous light than what Urban Meyer is going to try to make it out to be. And then now there's his daughter going crazy on social media saying, oh, my dad's not the problem. He's this, he's that, he's the nicest man in the world, blah, 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 you know, like like every other famous family ever. But now that we're all caught up with the NFL, both, um, you know, statistically in terms of teams riding high and teams falling low, as well as the uh, drama in the league, we will move on to discussing this week's lines, this week's bets. And, you know, while we go through, we'll discuss what happened with each team last week. So starting off with our Thursday night game tonight, arguably the best game of the week, which it's, you know, perfect time for it. You know, primetime Thursday night football, all the good stuff. Kansas City Chiefs take on the Chargers at SoFi. Chiefs are three-point favorites, minus 174 on the money line, and the total's at 53 and a half. Now, personally, um, I will not be placing any mainline bets on either team or the over because I have futures riding on the Chiefs um, from when they were stumbling early in the season. I took, I still rode them to win the division. 
Um, so I have a lot on the line in this game in terms of my futures because if the Chargers win, they are obviously uh, now tied at the top of the division and anything could happen from there. But if I were to pick one way, I would lean towards the Chiefs. 174 isn't the best value. It was 150-something yesterday. Um, but I don't like the spread um, personally, so I would only do money line if you're looking to bet on a main line. What I am taking, though, is both teams – or both quarterbacks, both Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes, to throw for 300 yards. Um, depending on your book, your odds will vary a little bit. But just to give you um, – I'll give you the FanDuel odds since that seems to be the most popular amongst most people these days. That gives you plus 353 at the current moment, both of them to throw for 300 yards. Um Chargers are missing their top corner, so I think Patrick Mahomes is going to go off, throw, you know, just be slinging the ball down the field. And then with Eckler being hurt, I think the Chargers are going to have to change their game plan to more of a throw-the-ball kind of offense, um, less balanced than it has been in the past couple weeks. And I know the Chiefs' defense has been playing well, but they do have a tendency to get exposed over the top, um, you know, past the safeties down the field. And that's where Mike Williams thrives, man. And the Chargers have, you know, like the best deep, one of the best deep threats in the league in Mike Williams. So I think he might have a breakout game uh, this week. You could look to play some bets on him, but I'm just going to be riding both quarterbacks over 300 for plus 350. I got it at plus 375. If you do, if you are in a Barstool Sportsbook eligible state, they have it boosted to 375, which was nice because I was already planning on placing that bet, um, and I did have it placed on DraftKings, and then I cashed out and placed it on Barstool once I saw the enhanced odds. So that covers tonight's game. Should be a good game. Hopefully high scoring. Hopefully exciting. I mean, that's all I'm really rooting for here. Um, I think it's going to be a good one. But moving on to our Saturday games. This is the first week of the season. Now that there are no bye weeks, we will have Saturday games through the rest of the regular season, which is nice. Um, You know, it gives us something to do on Saturday with college football kind of winding down as well into bowl season. But our 430 game, we have the Raiders, who are mainly at full strength, I believe. Not too much covid um, issues in Las Vegas, um, if I'm not mistaken, versus the Browns. The Browns are beat up, and they are COVID-bound everywhere. They are without their head coach, COVID. They're without Baker Mayfield, COVID. They're without their number one wide receiver, Jarvis Landry, COVID. Um, and they were favorites heading into this game. They are now one-point underdogs. I'm all, I'm on the Raiders, man. Um, Raiders money line minus one twelve. Um, totals at thirty eight and a half. I'm not even touching it because one the Browns could actually come out and put up zero points with the team that they're throwing out there and without a head coach. Um, but I will be taking the Raiders minus one twelve. For some reason, this feels like a game that's gonna bite me, but um, it is my instinct to take the Raiders here. I mean, the Browns are coming off a okay win last week against the Ravens they almost fumble or they almost like fumbled the game away uh not literally but figuratively um at the end of the game they were crumbling late and Tyler Huntley almost led the Ravens back to a win but they snuck out of there and added a W in the win column but I do think the Raiders have a more complete team this week um you know they don't have to deal with the COVID issues they don't have all the drama surrounding all that currently so I'm taking the Raiders money line in that game Moving on to the next game, um, Saturday, this will be at 8.20, so there's no 1 p.m. game Saturday, just 4.30 and 8.20, but it is the New England Patriots taking on the Colts, 
in Indianapolis. Colts are two and a half point favorites, minus 138 on the money line, and the total's at 45 and a half. I'm tempted to stay away from this game, but I feel like this is the game where the Pats finally um, come back down to earth. I will be taking a same-game parlay. I'm going to bet it a little lighter um, just because it is a parlay, Um, just like tonight's game uh, with the plus 375. Obviously, you're not going to put your normal unit size on something like that. But what I will be doing is I will be taking the Colts money line with a Jonathan Taylor touchdown. That's going to give you plus 120 odds. Colts money line, Jonathan Taylor touchdown, plus 120 odds. Because if the Colts are going to win this game, obviously Jonathan Taylor's getting in the end zone. Um, and he's been on a tear lately. And I don't see the Pats stopping him in the down at the goal line, however many times the Colts do actually get down there. But that's going to round out our Saturday slate. So just to recap, Saturday, Raiders money line, and I have the Colts money line with a JT touchdown. Next game. Well, first game on Sunday, um, one of the 1 o'clock window games, we have the football team in Philly taking on the Eagles. Jalen Hurts is back under quarterback, which, in my opinion, is actually worse for the Eagles at the current moment. Do I think Minshew is the future of the franchise? Most likely not. Do I think he gives them the best chance to win right now if they're trying to make the playoffs? Yes. Um, this spread is big. The Eagles are 9.5-point favorites. Um, they are minus 450 on the money line, and the total is at 44. I'm going to do a quick look at the um, Washington football team COVID outbreak issues um, because this line has been moving up and up, so I feel like more people have been added to the COVID list. Um, I'm just taking a look right here. See, Kyle Allen being on the COVID list makes me nervous because... He was supposed to be quarterback this week with Taylor Heineke being injured. Um, so let me see what their deal is here. Since, oh, okay. Taylor Heineke is going to play. Um, I think he probably would have sat if Kyle Allen was not on the COVID list. So with that being said, I do like Heineke. I don't like Hurts. I don't like that the Eagles are 9.5-point favorites. In my opinion, they shouldn't be 9.5-point favorites against anyone. I'm going to take the football team plus 9.5 in this game. Um, I think division rival, This is they're fighting for playoff spots. Both teams are 6-7. and seven. Um, So getting to 7-7 seven and seven gives them both a shot to get into the playoffs. This is a must-win game for both teams. It's going to be close. It's going to be tight. Um and the teams are pretty evenly matched. So I'm taking the football team plus 9.5. That's a lot of points. Then be given up for the Eagles, in my opinion. Um, so that's my play there. Next game, 1 p.m. game, uh, is the game I will be staying away from. It is the Panthers at the Bills in Buffalo. Uh, Buffalo's 10.5 point favorites, minus 500 on the money line, and the total's at 44.5. I will be staying away from this game. I don't like... I mean, I like the Bills, obviously, way more than I like the Panthers. I don't like 10.5-point spread, um, especially with the way their offense has faltered in some weeks in the past. So I'm just going to ignore that one. Um, I'm hoping for a Bills win because I do need them to win the division as well. 
Um, next game, another game I probably won't be betting on unless I take a touchdown score because um, DraftKings does do the touchdown score promo every weekend. And last week I did hit a good one, um, so I'll send that out on Twitter here uh, after I post this podcast. I'll send out last week's winning touchdown score prop uh, on Twitter, and then I'll tweet one come Sunday um, if anyone is interested in using their touchdown score boost on DraftKings. But it is the Jets taking on the Dolphins in Miami. Miami's defense has looked stout lately. Stout, man. They have not been giving up points. Uh, their offense has been doing enough to get the job done. Jalen Waddles looked really good. Um, Tua's looked pretty good as well. Um, but it's mainly, you know, been their defense. They gave up nine points last week to the Giants, 10 points to the Panthers. Don't get me wrong, neither teams are offensive juggernauts. Uh, 17 to the Jets, not a good offensive team. 10 to the Ravens, who are a good offensive team. Nine to the Texans. Uh, and then, you know, prior to that is when they weren't doing as well. But since they've been on this win streak, they have not been giving up a lot of points. But with that being said, this is a game that I also am tempted to stay away from. There's the over-unders at 41. I might take the under in a teaser, uh, tease it up to like 48, because I don't see the Jets putting up a lot of points. Um, and I don't see the Dolphins putting up a lot of points either, especially with Jalen Waddle out this week. It's going to be pretty much the Mike Gusecki and Miles Gaskin game, in my opinion. But we'll see if I think of something Sunday. I'll definitely tweet it out for everyone. Uh, next 1 p.m. game, division rivalry. Uh, tail oldest time here. We got the Cowboys taking on the Giants in New York. Cowboys 10.5 point favorites. Minus 500 on the money line. Totals at 44.5. I don't necessarily like anything in this game either. Um, 10.5 points is a lot of points for the Cowboys to be given up, especially with the way they've looked suspect at the end of games this season. Anything your best bet for this game is most likely the Giants, 10.5, you know, giving them 10.5, because they could keep it within a two-score game, and then you walk away with another underdog win, especially because last week, um, so many underdog, or so many favorites won and covered the spread that I feel like Vegas might be trying to get some back this week with the underdog, so that's definitely a line to consider, Um, But it's not one that I would say you need to take like some of the earlier ones, like the football team line is the one I think you need to take. Moving on to the next game, two teams that are kind of stumbling into the finish line of the season here, although the Titans did get a nice win last week. Titans travel to Heinz Field. They are one-point favorites, minus 116 on the money line. So it's 42.5. Now, this is the first time all season that Heinz Field is allowed to be full, I believe. That's what they were saying today on the sports talk shows. Um, so that could be an added factor here for the Steelers. But, you know, like I said earlier, they haven't looked great recently. They kind of have been s- slow out of the gate, not really doing much. But this is a game I think that they could keep close and potentially walk away with a win, to be honest. I don't think the Titans are great. Um, I think the Steelers' defense does enough to disrupt the minimal passing game they do have at the current moment. So come Sunday, I might be on the Steelers. at the current. Right now, I'm going to stay away from it, see if the line moves anymore. But what I am going to be taking is a Najee touchdown. Um, Titans, 
I think are going to allow the Steelers to move the ball down the field. Um, their offense, if they can get it going early in the game instead of late um, in the fourth quarter like they have been, they definitely could put up some points in this game. And I'm taking Najee to score a touchdown, not because, you know, the Titans necessarily have a bad rush defense or anything, but I think he's due. He's always getting the ball in the red zone. I feel like his odds will be good this week because he hasn't scored in a couple weeks, so they might move the line down a little bit, and he might be a good value play for a rushing touchdown. So that is definitely something I am keeping an eye on. I do believe that he is getting in the end zone this week. So moving on to our next game. Um, We have a lot of games this week because of the no-buys. This is still the 1 p.m. window. Jaguars taking on the Texans um, at home. Texans are f- or the Jaguars are five point favorites. They are minus two thirty on the money line, and the totals at thirty nine and a half. Jaguars just got rid of Urban Meyer. Um, I think their players might play with an added spark this week. I really think I'm going to take the Jaguars minus five in this game. Texans are horrible. Don't get me wrong. Um, Jaguars are horrible as well. But I think there's there's so much attention around the Jaguars. There's so much media talk. They're going to come out with a spark, and I think they win this game. Um, I'm going to take a minus five, and it might come back to get me, but I'm taking the Jaguars minus five. Final 1 p.m. game, a game that's not going to be close in my opinion. Cardinals travel to Detroit, take on Jared Goff and the Lions. Lions are 13-point underdogs at home, plus 540 on the money line, totals at 47. Um, staying away from this game. I don't like either side of the mainline bets. Um, there's no player props out yet for me to look at. So in terms of mainline bets, I will be staying away. Most player props that I take I will be tweeted out Saturday or Sunday when the lines come out, but they're, they're not out at the current moment, seeing as how they have to worry about tonight's game and Saturday's games. And with all the COVID stuff going on, I'm sure they're waiting as long as possible to put lines out. 406 game. That's a weird time. I don't know why it's not 405. But first game of the four o'clock windows. Uh, we have the Falcons traveling to San Fran to take on the Niners. Niners are nine and a half point favorites. They are minus 430 on the money line, and the total's at 46. Now, Falcons defense has been looking phenomenal these last couple weeks. Notice the trend with the teams that have been doing decent these last couple weeks. Falcons, Dolphins, Patriots, all of their defense, Chiefs, all their defenses have been playing well, and it's been a trend. They play close games, they win close games, and it just leads to some good football. With that being said, I am taking the Falcons plus nine and a half against the Niners. It's a lot of points. I might tease it up to ten and a half um, just to get that field goal boost. Because 9 doesn't really do too much for you. So I might tease it up to 10.5. And And that will give you... Let me check the odds here for you, people. Plus 10.5. Minus 125. That's fine with me. I'm taking the Falcons plus 10.5. I don't think the Niners do enough to win this game by a ton. Falcons defense has been good. Jimmy G's not that great. George Kittle, Debo, and Elijah Mitchell have been making Jimmy look great. But he's not great. And I think the Falcons cover. Matty Ice is good. He's been good for years. And he's going to keep it close. Falcons plus nine and a half. Book it. Next game. 
Bengals, Broncos in mile high. Broncos two and a half point favorites. Minus 154 on the money line. Totals at 44. I'm taking another dog. This seems to be the week of the underdog for me. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. But I'm taking the Bengals money line, man. I don't think the Broncos are a great football team. People are still stuck in the past with, oh, they have the best defense, all this and that. This isn't 2017, 2015 anymore. They don't have, this isn't the Peyton Manning team. This is the Drew Locke, Teddy Bridgewater Broncos. They're not good. They're not good at all. Javante Williams is the sole bright spot on that offense, um, mainly because their wide receivers can't get the ball thrown to them very well. Um, but Javante's look good. He could find the end zone. This would be a good game if you're looking for a same-game parlay. You could throw in, like, a Joe Mixon um, and Javante same-game parlay touchdown scores. Odds aren't out for that yet, so I can't give you the odds on that, but that's definitely something to consider come Sunday. But I'm taking the Bengals' money line at plus 130, and I think this should be a no-sweat. Next game, moving on to 425. We are down to four games left, people. Packers, Ravens. Packers have been on a rampage. They are dominating. They are absolutely smoking football teams at the current moment. They take on the Ravens in Baltimore. Good football teams. Suspect, though, in my opinion. Not as good as people think they are. They are without Lamar Jackson. They are plus 5.5 point underdogs at home. Plus 200 on the money line. And the totals at 43.5. This is one of my favorite games of the week. I'm taking... Packers, minus five and a half. I haven't taken much favorites all week. Um, and that's who I'm taking this week as one of my few favorites. Give me the Packers, minus five and a half. Give me Aaron Rodgers in Baltimore. He's going to smoke them. Another game. These are the two games that I think I'm taking favorites. Seahawks, Rams in L.A. at SoFi. Rams, five-and-a-half-point favorites at home, minus 240 on the money line, totals at 44. Give me the Rams by a million. Rams by a million. They The line keeps moving their way. I'm getting it in now. Five-and-a-half. Easy. Easy. Yesterday it was four-and-a-half or three-and-a-half. Four-and-a-half or three-and-a-half. I can't remember. And I said I wanted to take it up to six-and-a-half. And now I'm losing money because I should have took yesterday. I would have got better plus odds, but I'm still taking them at minus six and a half, even though the spread's five and a half. 820 game, Sunday night, primetime football. Nothing better. Division rivalry. Saints in Tampa. Tom Brady. Minus 11 on the, on the spread. Minus 550 on the money line. Total. 46 and a half. Come Sunday night, I will be betting on this game. I'm sure of it. I will, even though I don't necessarily ever bet on either of these teams. Um, I just, I don't know. I have a tough time reading the Bucks, But I will be betting on it come Sunday. But right now, I'm not, I'm not putting any picks in. I'm not. So keep active on Twitter if you want to see it. Monday night, another division game. These division games are getting out of control. Vikings in Chirac taking on the Bears. Is either team good? No. Is it still an exciting game? Sure. Will I be betting on it? Most certainly 
Vikings, minus four and a half. Minus 225 on the money line. Total is at 44. Hmm. Four and a half, weird spread. Don't like it. Do not like it. But I'm going to take it. Bears are bad. Vikings have talent. Not going to overthink it. Give me the Vikings. Minus four and a half. But that is our last game of the week. I'm going to give you my best bets. I'm going to go through all of my bets, and I'm going to tell you what I think my best bets are. Colts money line with the JT touchdown. One of the better bets. Football team plus nine and a half, arguably my favorite bet. I like, just scrolling through here, I like the Falcons plus nine and a half too. One of my favorite bets of the week. And then I like the Packers and Rams, both minus five and a half. Those are my favorite bets of the week. I might parlay those together come 420 on Sunday. That's going to round us out though, people. Remember, we got to protect our capital. We won big last week. All the favorites won. Easy money for the public. Public made a lot of money. Protect your capital. Vegas is coming for it. But we're not going to let that stop us. We're still going to place good bets, smart bets, win money. Come out on top, like always. So thank you all for tuning in. Make sure to give us a follow on Twitter, at Fantasy Gamblers. You can give us a follow on Instagram. We're less active on there due to the fact that you have to post pictures and we can't just, you know, tweet out words during games. But that is at a gambler's fantasy, just like the podcast. I hope you all have a great weekend. Stay safe and enjoy some football. Thank you for tuning in.